This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Cedic Run is Grand Forks' premier running store with everything you need. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a shoe to run in at the Wild Hog Half Marathon or you want something comfortable to wear on your morning walk. There's a good chance that the perfect pair of trainers is waiting for you at SDR. Richard, Adam, Matt, and the team are the experts, and they'd love to help you out. If you haven't seen the beautiful new store in downtown Grand Forks, be sure to swing by or check it out at one of their events, like the Thursday Night Rhombus Run. Jog or walk with some fellow runners and get a free pint at the end. Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. We are always looking for new sponsors, so if you or someone you know would like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to us. We always joke that either you or someone you know has our phone number, but if not, you can email us at prairietfpodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a message on our social medias. On this episode of the podcast, we sit down with the newly crowned Norwegian 10K national champion, Ida Narbaval. Ida traveled to Kristiansand, Norway last weekend and raced in both the 5K and the 10K. She walked away with the gold in the 10K and a silver in the 5K. It was her first time racing on Norwegian soil in five years. As the first international guest on the show, Cam and I had a lot of questions about competing for her club, Renang, how she decided to come to the States and compete in the NCAA system, and what it's like to be a two-time NCAA champ and the Division II record holder in the 5K. Thank you so much for your support. We recently went over 400 followers on Instagram and keep climbing. Our goal has always been to put eyes on the sport and some of the great athletes that this state is producing. And we feel like that's happening. You can keep supporting us by sharing our posts, telling your friends about the podcast, or giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again so much, but enough about us. Let's get started with episode 32 of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are hanging out with a two-time NCAA champion, a collegiate record holder in the women's 5K, and the newly minted Norwegian national champion in the 10K. We're with Ida Narbaval. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Now you just got back from Norway. Like you competed this past weekend. We're recording on Wednesday. So you got back, was it Monday? Yes. Monday uh, evening. Okay. So are you feeling any of the effects of the jet lag? I feel like it's always better coming back from abroad. Yes, correct. Yeah. It's been going pretty well, actually. Uh, it's not so bad when you're traveling West, I think. So uh, yeah, not been a problem so far. And so what were your connections on the flight? So um you were in christian sound that's where you're competing yes and so, so did you fly into there did you fly into oslo or how did that work uh i flew into oslo so now when i left uh drove from uh, christian to oslo which is a four-hour drive and then flew to amsterdam and then to minneapolis and then bismarck yeah it's a that's a full full travel day for sure uh yeah, are you yeah yeah, it's about 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to take some time off now or is this, was the champs kind of just the start of your racing season, any cross country maybe, or what's kind of the plan racing going forward? So, uh, 
I was originally thinking that the Twin Cities 10 miler would be my next race. That's October 3rd. Um, but now I am thinking to maybe add on Guiac. I have not entered yet and it's not 100% uh, decided, but uh, I kind of want to do that. I got some heads up while in Norway that Norway might be looking to bring a team to the European Cross Country Championships and that I potentially could be um, a, a runner on that team. Uh, but if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to run some cross country. And Guiac would probably be my best opportunity since that's a race that people, even in other countries, would know uh, what is. Um, so I might join Guiac next week and then it will be the uh, Twin City 10 miler. And uh, we'll see if I'm able to find something else later in the fall. Uh, if it would be possible to go and run the European Cross Country Championships in December. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I am a huge fan of cross country. I feel like most of the time, I mean, it goes one of two ways after people are out of college, either they wish they could be on a cross country team again, or they never want to run a step on grass ever again. So I, I love that you are still looking at cross country. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Cross country is fun. It is really, really fun. So, uh, and I mean, you don't have that many opportunities to run cross country as opposed to like road races and stuff mm -hmm. like that when you're post-college. So it'll be fun to take advantage of doing that if you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Ida, I mean, usually we ask guests how they got their start and oftentimes uh, it's at a youth track meet or, you know, in the U S oftentimes they didn't start until middle school or even high school. Uh, but track is a completely different story uh, in Europe and pretty much anywhere outside of the U.S. Uh, so how did you get your start in athletics in Norway? So I started with cross-country skiing. So that's a big sport in Norway. Um, so I've been skiing since I could walk. And I also started competing when I was like very, very young. Um, elementary school. And then as a part of training for cross country, I was running quite a bit and eventually realized that I'm better at running than skiing. And so I made that transition into, uh, into running. And I was probably, uh, around 15 years old when, uh, when I started to run more and I did, um, yeah, quite a few three Ks do a lot of, a lot of those, uh, when I was that age and then eventually moved up a little bit more, uh, the 5k and 10k that that's one difference in Europe. Like I was doing, uh, 10k's and even a half marathon, uh, when I was like a freshman in high school. Um, so I got to try out those distances and, uh, really liked it. Yeah. Most of the time I feel like in the U S if somebody is, that young and doing a half marathon, the first thing you hear is, oh, they're good. Their knees, they're going to hurt their knees. They're going to burn out. But almost everywhere else in the world, you know, in Africa and in Europe, you get, you know, athletes who've been competing at, the, you know, over long distances and at a really high level for a really long time. Um, so maybe we should just be more active as Americans, you know, as we're younger and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> who knows so when you were home last weekend a lot of people are probably curious did you compete in the you marry jersey but you didn't you posted it on instagram and you were actually pretty proud to be back in your 
home club jersey and uh i'm gonna try it we were joking before the show that i know three things in norwegian i can say happy birthday i can say good luck and i can say bacon wrapped hot dog with crispy onions bacon pulls the mess but look um so i'm gonna try to pronounce your club uh renang perfect oh hey okay not bad Yes. But you can you competed for them, and you said it was the first time in a while you got to be back home racing in that kit. What did it feel like to represent the club again? It was uh, it was really really fun. Uh, that's the only club I've ran for in Norway, uh, and uh, it was just fun. I've when we've had some time trials at Mary, I've always pulled out that jersey and and worn it for that. So uh, I think it, I think it's really fun to be back and. And be able to run run in that in that jersey, and I haven't ran in Norway in five years, so it was just a long time. Uh, so um, that was really fun. I we were three people from the club um, at the championships, uh, two girls and one guy, and the other girl she also won one race and took second in the other race. Uh, so that's also just really fun. It, it's a small club. But it's then really fun, I think, when we do well uh, and can and can show up. So uh, it was, yeah, just really fun to be to be back in Norway running. Mm-hmm. Now I looked on the map where you're from, and one thing that's really interesting is it's usually like your town that you're from is usually like named after you, like your family's name. So like for my on my mom's side, it's like Rustabaka, which is like pretty close to like north of Oslo. And so you're from Narbuvol, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. so I looked looked on the map and between Lillehammer and Trondheim, so you're a little bit further north. Um, yes. How how big is your town that you grew up in? Uh, it's about a little less than fifteen people living there right now, I believe. Uh, it's small. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very small. Uh, yeah. Uh, can't get much smaller but it's it's beautiful it's beautiful it's Mm -hmm. in the mountains and uh one of the reasons i believe i started like skiing first and then running is just i i just have always loved being outside there running in the mountains it's just beautiful it's uh it's just my favorite thing that is so cool now like for people in the states club track is so secondary like if you're part of a club it's almost a novelty i guess i would say but in norway that's what it is most of europe that's what it is so can mm-hmm. you just kind of explain what the club system looks like yeah so we don't have uh, any teams associated with uh, high schools and colleges so uh, if you do a sport it is for a club um so there's i guess there's a lot of differences uh one of them uh, is that since it's not associated with the school, you have all ages in your club, uh, from young kids to just like old people that still want to be active and uh, and represent the club. Uh, so it's a big span of of people and level of people, um, and the coach isn't paid, uh, so that's just like a volunteer thing. Uh, and then since you don't have that like no one is giving you scholarship or like this is just for you you decide to do this and you do it for yourself for the main part um and so then that leaves you to choose what you want to race 
So, like I said, like I did a half marathon, but I also did 800 when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I was able to pick and choose the races I wanted to race. Um, so yeah, there's, you have a little bit more freedom, I guess, um, in, in that system, but, uh, I think there's pros and cons to both. Uh, and I think I've been lucky to be able to be a part of both. Yeah. So who's your guys' rival club then? That's what I want to know. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, also, we're so small that we can't like compete in the same way because we don't have lots of athletes in uh, different events. Uh, so I guess I don't know. Uh-huh. That's a boring response. But. <laughs> so are all the, the clubs, are they like like – you show up at a meet are most clubs always like this is the championships you were just at. So probably most clubs were well represented, but do you know most of the clubs in Norway? Would you say you're familiar with most of them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When I see a Jersey, I've uh, more than likely uh, seen that Jersey before. And I, and I know some runners. Okay. So we're going to play a quick little game then. So, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so how it's going to work is I'm going to give you the name of a club and you have to describe it in one word. Oh, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. All right. First one on the list, Dimna. Oh, uh, well, Vodhorn. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be like, Garston Warhol. Yeah. It, I heard their, their track, they call it like the house that Karsten built. Like, is it just like basically he's the star of the whole club, right? Yeah. Yes. It's hard not to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay next club uh Tirving. uh well they okay so what i associate with them is uh they host like the biggest race you run as uh when when you're a youth when you're young so my first big race was hosted by Tirving. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, so I don't know one word, but uh, but um, I had I actually did have one girl that I ran against quite a bit when I was uh, younger that I ran for them, and uh, I only have good racing experiences from their track, and it was actually my first track race ever was at their track. Yeah, and the meet is Tirvingleken, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I've competed there, so. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's tw- funny. Yeah, so my brothers and I competed there a few summers ago when we were what, visiting family. What year? Uh, 2016 or 20, ah, 2017, I think it was. Summer of oh. 2017. So it was earlier because maybe I would have been there too, but I was, uh, that was too, too late <laughs> for me. But yeah, for, first race on track ever, 2,000 two meters uh, at their home track. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And then we'll do one last one. I think I'll probably know the answer to this one too. Uh, Sadness. Yeah, Ingebrigtsen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the Ingebrigtsen's from Sadness. All right, we'll yeah. we'll keep rolling. We'll we like the club stuff. It's just such a cool concept, and I wish like it somehow gained traction here in the states. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're trying a little bit to get it going. Ryan and I compete for a club called Ragnarok Athletic Club, and uh, Jeff Bakke, who 
he's kind of the founder of it. Well, Ryan, you can probably speak more to it. So Jeff went and he, now I'll he, just let you tell the story, Ryan. Yeah. I, so, I don't really know. so Jeff Bakke, the Red River head coach, he taught in Sadness at the international school for a few years. And so he, yeah, while he was there, he had competed in the decathlon in college. So he had like joined the club and did a few events. And so he was trying to bring it back here. And so Ragnarok is a club in Grand Forks, but then there's also a club that popped up in Fargo called Dakota Elite and Bismarck has a club now. So like it's slowly maybe gaining traction a little bit, but we'll kind of see where it goes. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I think it's a, it could be very like when you're done in college, I feel like most people don't have really an option to continue with anyone. So uh, yeah, I think that would probably be huge for many people to have more options for clubs. Yeah. Yeah. So especially, sorry, especially like what you were saying, Ida, about how like the clubs in Norway are, you know, from youth all the way to just like the old person who's trying to stay active, like the, the, all generations of like community that it can like include is something that yeah would be can be like really really cool i think so we just got to find some old people (laughs) 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 or we have to wait until we're old i guess yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you know we really want to hear about your national championship race but i do have one question as i was finding information for this podcast and kind of looking up some of your background. I just kept asking the same question over and over to myself. How did you end up in the U S because <laughs> it is not very popular for Norwegian athletes to come to the States. I think probably the most high profile, maybe Amelie Yule at USC a few years ago. Um, Sandra Gatormsen is pole vaulting here in the States. He's at UCLA and now he's at Princeton, even I guess like in the NSIC. And I noticed he started following us, couple weeks ago but Henrik Holmberg um, Mm -hmm. competed at Augustana also one of your conference schools that you'd compete against so how did you I guess first decide that you wanted to come compete in the NCAA system because so many European athletes don't and then how did you end up at UMary? Yes so all good questions Um, when I was in high school uh, and at the end of my freshman year slash beginning of sophomore year I had a really good summer season of track and I got contacted by uh, quite a bit of schools in the U S trying to recruit internationals. And I just like turn them all all down thought I I didn't want to move away from home, uh, move that far. Um, But then when I was approaching the end of high school, I got one more uh, message on Facebook from this uh, collegiate coach coach in Pennsylvania and I'd been injured for a while so then no one else was interested I had this one option uh, and I just decided to go for it because I figured what's the worst thing that can happen like I might not like it and I can go home that's like really worst case uh, and so I decided to just go for it I decided a few months before I left uh, got my visa in the mail I believe a couple days before uh, my plane took off from Oslo uh, and it worked out and uh, I moved to a small town called Edinburgh in Pennsylvania. And that was my freshman year. I was there. But then um, that school didn't offer engineering, which I wanted to study. And my coach back there actually got fired. Uh, And so I uh, decided I'm going to have to 
moved somewhere else because I wanted to continue uh, with running in college in the US because I, I liked a lot of aspects of it. I liked that team aspect then. I just made a lot of good friends. Uh, Edinburgh was a really nice place. Uh, was really like good first impression of uh, uh, the SAA and uh, running collegiately. So I decided, yeah, I want to I wanna continue this at least one more year. So then me and one of my teammates from Edinburgh, uh, we talked to uh, coach Dennis Newell, um, the, the previous head coach at, at Mary. Uh, and we both decided to go to you, Mary. None of us visited the school or had been in North Dakota before, or wow. like I was, I didn't know that much about the system, you know, being foreign or anything. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe if I would have visited places, I probably wouldn't have come to uh, you, Mary. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, probably, but I'm, I'm very glad I did. Uh, that was a very good thing I didn't do. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was just, I had this list of criteria of a place I wanted to live if I was going to transfer. And I wanted to live somewhere north because I hate the heat. Did not mm-hmm. realize the summers in North Dakota are so hot, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are. Uh, I wanted to live somewhere north uh, to be at a small school uh, and somewhere I could study engineering and that had a good team. And uh, you marry kind of fit all of those those criteria I had. And uh, that's how I ended up here. And then, yeah. Uh, running's been going well. Uh, got married. So, um, yeah, it's been working out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, North Dakota is, I mean, aside from the winters being fairly similar, North Dakota is about as different as you can get from the mountains of Norway. Yes. So, absolutely. That, I, yeah, I think that's, that's so funny. But even, uh, the, when, even the winters. It's it, there's like no snow here and it's yeah. super, super windy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of weather-wise, not a lot of great redeeming factors about <laughs> North Dakota. But yeah, uh, what what was the team like when you joined? Had they had they just was that before? Were you on the team when they got second at NCAA Cross, or did you join? Uh, yeah, where like in the timeline was that? So uh, my fr- my first year at Mary was the first time that you marry one conference uh, as a team, uh, and we were I believe maybe seventh or something at nationals, and then I got injured, um, and so my second year at Mary I was sitting out with an injury, and that's when they got second at nationals oh wow but then i i came back my my third year at mary um that was my first season back and then we were also second as a team yeah in cross so i did get to be a part of one of them yeah mm-hmm. man um so obviously ryan talked about this in the intro you're a two-time ncaa champ collegiate record holder now uh you told us a little bit about you know some injuries that you dealt with uh your time at you mary uh but how would you describe uh even going back to the time in pennsylvania freshman ida coming to the u.s for the first time 
and the person and athlete you are today? Uh, def- definitely very different. There's lots of things that happen uh, that has made me, I believe, uh, at least better runner and uh, maybe mm-hmm. picked up a little bit of uh, wisdom along the way, uh, both as a runner as, and as a person. Uh, in terms of especially uh, NCAA and the running aspect, I didn't know much when I came to the U.S. about anything. Like, I didn't know how you scored a cross-country meet. Uh, I just, like, had no background of it. I I literally knew nothing about it. So everything was new, and I had, like, really no expectations of of anything, which I think was also a good thing. Um, But obviously, I I learned a lot from it. It's – I really had, I feel like, the highest highs and the lowest lows uh, throughout my six years – in college um so which i think is it's it's not fun to be injured to sit out and go through struggles like that uh but in the long run for me i think it's definitely taught me so many things and i've come back stronger from it um for sure so uh it's uh yeah sometimes i wish i could go back to freshman year uh, just to kind of uh, experience that uh, uh, a little, a little bit again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I knew English. I was not good in English. I don't. I know I have a thick, thick accent still and all, but it's just like all the funny situations you get yourself into from like saying so many weird things. And, uh, yeah. No, it was funny. Like, I've had so much fun with it, though. Like, every year has been good in its own way, I think. But freshman year was probably the most fun, uh, I, I, I think. But then uh, but then I'd definitely say the, the last couple of years have been the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably part of that is because we're looking at your screen right now and you've got this incredible backdrop of all these NCAA titles. <laughs> and trophies on your shelf. I guess, how, how awesome is it saying that you're a two-time NCAA champion and you have the collegiate record holder, like you're the collegiate record holder and you didn't just set it, you smashed it. You just obliterated that record. Like how cool was it to go out on that this spring? It was like, it was incredible. Like, I, I don't really know uh, how to describe it. It was, uh, something I felt like I had dreamt about and then uh, especially that last day which was then my last day as a collegiate runner it was my last race ever representing me Mary and uh, I had the just like the best day of my life on the track Uh, and I knew I had a really good shot at winning the 10k Uh, I was like convinced that if I have a good day and everyone else also has a good day, I should beat them. If mm-hmm. I have a terrible day, I think I still have a shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was really just determined that, like, I'm, I'm going to get that title. And the fight game, it was going to be so much harder. Um, and so it was just, like, so much fun to have that perfect day that day and be able to also get it done and have a much better race really than the 10k uh, 
and then to uh, set the championship record there and uh, yeah it was uh, it was it was pretty amazing and what I've, I've said to some other people earlier too uh, was that if this if I was a much better freshman coming in and this would have happened say freshman year I definitely would have looked at it very differently because because I didn't know that much about it I didn't know how what it meant to win nationals uh, when I first came to the U.S. So the fact that it happened, the last possible chance, I, I wasn't even an All-American in track before I won nationals. Yeah. Um, wow. And just the fact that it happened at the very end when I fully understood the meaning of it, uh, that also came from, I mean, I was sitting out two years with an injury that uh, I didn't think I would be able to come back from like my coach didn't think I probably would ever run or race again. Um, and just that it happened after that, uh, just made it so much more special. Yeah. I, I think you also have the, uh, the record for the fastest 10 K ever run on North Dakota soil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> how different was that race was it in Dickinson yeah it was <laughs> how different was that race compared to the NCAA championship races that you won it was uh it was very different now I actually have ran a fast for 10k in North Dakota on the track but it was a solo time trial so we don't count it but, oh uh, what, what was the time 32.43 Wow. So it's significantly faster. Sheesh. It was wow. it was not it was not a windy day in Dickinson that day. It was a nice <laughs> yeah. day in Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that Dickinson 10k, uh I was honestly I was just really pissed off the whole race and after it, especially. Uh my husband claims he's, he's never seen anyone that angry after uh, qualifying for nationals because yeah. I did not think that was a good race at all. But I guess they got the job done, so uh, it was fine. But uh, I was uh, I was not happy uh, with my performance that day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody happy in uh, like on a windy day in North Dakota, much less somebody yeah. who's running a 10K on a windy day in North Dakota. So I, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> Ida, you, so you're obviously very accomplished on the track, but you're also kind of a whiz kid in the classroom. Uh, you graduated this spring, master's in project management, dual degree in engineering science and civil engineering uh, from UMary. Uh, what are your plans now? Uh, you told us a little bit about your race schedule uh, is that going to be your sole focus? Are you going to go work for NASA or, you know, SpaceX or what, what's uh, next? No, 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 not quite, but I, I've been working part-time for the North Dakota Department of Transportation the past year and a half uh, in the bridge division there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I uh, very recently applied for a full-time position there. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure when I'll find out, but I'm hoping to get some good news from there in not too long. So uh, uh, if it, if all goes goes well with that, I'll be working full time uh, as an engineer at 
Department of Transportation, uh, working with bridges uh, for as long as I'll uh, stay in Bismarck. That's the that's my hope. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not hanging up the spikes, are you? Oh no, absolutely not. Good. Uh, I'm gonna be running for as long as I can. That's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say once you win a Norwegian national championship, I feel like you got to go back and try to defend that. So we actually haven't even talked about the race itself, the championship race last weekend. So just kind of talk us, tell us about that race. What was your game plan going in? Did the race go as planned? Did it end up being exactly what you thought or like, just kind of walk us through that day. So I decided for sure I was going to race it uh, pretty late into the summer. Uh, I was not 100% sure if I was going to be able to go to Norway. And really after Nationals in May, I didn't really know my plan for the summer and the fall. So throughout the summer, I wasn't, I wasn't really preparing well for a race. I was training well, like I was doing a lot of volume, but it was more just like base work, just like running a lot of volume, but not running very, very fast. A lot of threshold and... Uh, and yeah, mileage. Uh, so I honestly didn't really feel that prepared to run fast on the track, especially not uh, a 5k. Um, so uh, I also decided to, to run the 5k about two weeks before it. Um, because I thought I was too slow uh, at that point. <laughs> uh, so because of that, like a little bit of like uncertainty, um, I went into it just thinking I'm gonna perform to the best of my abilities both days. I don't really know how my body's gonna respond, and I have really no idea what the other people are gonna do. So I wanted to just like when gun went off, the plan was just kind of see what other people are doing and then just race them. Just be in the race and uh, do as well as I can without worrying about the time I'm running or anything like that. Just race to get the best possible placing. Uh, and then the 5K, which was the first race, uh, we had the best runner in Norway. Uh, she has ran 14.43 in the 5K. So she's pretty fast. Wow. Um, she was there uh, and she took off. And uh, she actually ran 14.47 wow. in that race. So she was obviously just running by herself. Um, and then I just, I guess, decided to make it a hard race too. So I uh, ran also by myself in second place, which I thought people were going to follow me. Uh, but because I had a significantly better PR than them, like they didn't know that I hadn't been like, prepping extremely well for the track over the summer yeah uh mm -hmm. so then i just i guess took advantage of that and uh yeah it worked out no one caught up with me during the race so uh, yeah. it it, <laughs> it really it really worked out so that 5k was a really positive surprise and i'm, I'm i ran 15 uh 54 which it's a little behind my PR, but it was still, it's my second fastest 5k ever. So I was really happy to see how my body responded just based off volume. Um, that was, that was good. And then, uh, uh, 
on Sunday, two days later, it was a 10K, which I felt a lot more confident about because um, I knew that uh, the training I'd been doing was more down uh, that alley. Uh, so that one I went into sort of the same way, approached it the same way I approached uh, the D2 Nationals in May that I just decided I'm going to win this. Like, I don't care what other people are doing. I am going to hang on if they go fast or I'm going to pull away uh, and I'm going to take it. Um, and I did. The Olympian, mm -hmm. the 1443 uh, girl, she was not in that race, obviously. Otherwise, that yeah. would have been an impossible thing to, <laughs> to do. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I just decided I was going to win this. And uh, I was one girl who followed me for seven Ks, just hanging on. Uh, and it was a windy day. So I wasn't like too happy about leading the whole way. So I went out in like lane three multiple times. I like literally stopped to see if she would just keep going and pass me but she refused so uh, uh <laughs> oh, obviously man. i could have ran faster if i wanted to do that it wasn't yeah. like i said i didn't care about how fast or slow i ran mm -hmm. uh so then when she just refused then uh uh while into race i just decided that well then i'm gonna make you work for it and uh yes yeah which she, she which dropped. club was which club was she from uh uh, she runs from for a club in Oslo. Okay. Uh, OSI. Okay, just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes yeah. them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I uh, no, everyone shows up to a championship wanting to do well, or if you have a shot of winning, you're gonna go for the win. And I 100% respect her strategy. Uh, we're competitors out there, but. Uh, we're going to play our strong cards and she wanted to hang on. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's, uh, she, she raced really, really well. Uh, but uh, I got her. So um, that was the important part. It's a little bit interesting that the national championship was so late. Cause typically in like a championship year, Olympics or world championships, a lot of countries will use their own national championships as like the qualifier for those major championships uh why is the norway one so late or why why did they decide to have it after the olympics so normally uh the norwegian championships is earlier uh, in the summer it was just covid uh oh, wow. reasons why they pushed it back um but in terms of like the olympics uh, we don't have a trial system at all simply because we don't have enough good athletes in each event. It makes no sense. Um, we only uh, use standards. Like you have to hit the standard and then Norway might select you. Sure. But we're almost never in a situation where there's more than three people who will ever get the Olympic standard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it just like makes... Uh, it, it's not really any point of having uh, trials. So then it doesn't matter when we have the Norwegian championships, I guess, if it's before or after. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned European cross-country championships, potentially having a spot on that. I think most people, when they think of track, they just think of the Olympics. So 
is 2024. Is that the radar? Like, is that what you're shooting for now? No, I've since I was in middle school, I've known that I wanted to do the marathon. And this might seem like weird to Americans, but so the coach I had back then, like he told me when I was a middle schooler that, yeah, you'll be better at the marathon than any other distance, I believe. And I like 100% agreed because uh, I loved running far. Uh, so that's like always the thing I've had in the back of my mind that that is what I'm moving towards. Um, and so I want to do the marathon. And I think uh, I, unless the Olympic standard changes drastically, I think it's very possible. Uh, now I have never ran a marathon uh, and I don't know how I would respond to it, but uh, I believe also that I would be better at that than shorter distances. And so, yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's what I'm going to be uh, trying for. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. Now, we're going to wrap this up pretty quick, but one last question really related to running. Like, what is i'm sure you're right now you're going to try to get a sponsor and i'm sure it's not going to be the north dakota department of transportation so yeah. <laughs> are you are you talking to any brands right now or how is that looking are you going to fly solo to 2024 in paris uh yeah no i um i'm not talking to anyone i haven't uh uh i was right after um nationals in may um I was looking more into groups in the U.S., but um, then it just depends on, then I can't pursue engineering. And then it depends on the situation and the job for my husband. And then I'm Norwegian, so I can't be a part of a lot of the clubs that would be a natural fit for someone at my level. Um, so that kind of complicates things. So uh, if I can have a job that will allow me to race and to train uh, as much as I need to, uh, I don't really see a problem with doing it solo. And so you said you probably can't be a part of the club. Is that because of like a visa type situation, like employment type thing or? No, it's more like some groups will say that we will focus on athletes that are going to try to make u.s championships make the u.s trials but i'm not american so i can't mm. race those things so there they wouldn't then provide me with any funding and any uh, like yeah. financial help and that and that stuff so uh there would be situations where i could maybe train with someone but not get any form of like support so i would still have to have a full-time job and, and do those things so there's not, there's obviously like exceptions. There are groups out there, uh, but it definitely limits me a lot more. Um, so I just have to find the better overall picture of, uh, it's not all about like running itself. There's many factors I think that plays a part into that, like your happiness uh, and just your overall well being and, uh, and all those things where uh, just that I've, can have a job I like and that my husband can have a job he likes and those things are important too uh both for I think performance 
uh, terms yeah. of happiness and then for uh, everything else in life. So uh, it's it's an overall picture to look at um, for sure. And maybe that means that I'll never have any sponsorships or uh, maybe someday I can be a runner a little faster and uh, might make it a little easier for me, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I'll yeah. do my best to get a little faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ida, we, we mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, but you're married to Jameson Dietrich, the head coach of the You Marry Marauders cross country team. Uh, is he coaching you right now? Uh, and if so, well, first answer, is he coaching you right now? Uh, I, I would say that right out. I probably coach myself more than anyone else coaches me right now, but um, you, you could say he's my coach. Yeah. Okay. What, what's that like? Is, uh, are, yeah. No, actually uh, I, uh, I really like it. It works well, but that being said, I guess like I make the decisions. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh I do really, really like having someone that I can discuss training with and talk to and ask for advice. Um, that's how I was used to coaching back in Norway. My coach never mm-hmm. gave me a schedule saying, this is what you're going to do every day uh, and I'll be there to watch you. I never, never done it that way. It's always just been a discussion and, uh, and advice. So uh, I think uh, that's a good thing. Uh, if you can know yourself well enough to to do that, um, but it's it's really nice to have someone to talk to you about it. So um, no, it's uh, it, it 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 works well. Uh, at least assuming I can make decently rational decisions about my training, because <laughs> uh, I guess that's probably the the problem that it's uh, it's probably easier to do it my way now when we have this situation than when I was in college, like I have with, with certain things, I have no choice. Like this is how I'm going to do it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I disagree, but now if I disagree, it's uh, it, it just can't be my way. So uh, definitely it requires <laughs> a little more discipline from my side, I guess yeah. with doing the smart thing and not always the thing I want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess that might, might have to push him a little harder to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just tell me what to do and uh, not let me do it my way. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll let you go after this, but we haven't had a guest that we've been able to ask this to for quite a while, but there's so many young runners out there that listen to this podcast. What advice do you have for somebody that is looking at you right now knows that you came to North Dakota, you got it done here. You didn't have to go to the fancy PAC 12 schools. You didn't have to go to, someplace crazy to get the job done. You're a two-time NCAA champion. You're a collegiate record holder. You're the Norwegian national champion now. <laughs> like, what advice do you have for those people that look up to you and want to yeah, and want to perform just like you do? Patience uh, and persistence. Um, and then keep reminding yourself, like, why you love doing this that's been uh, huge for me because I was not that good when I first started. Uh, I, when I ran that first race, 
in Norway that the 2000 meters, I was almost dead last. When I first came to the US, I ran a whole lot slower than I did my, my senior year. Uh, and it, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna get there, but that will require patience and persistence and grit and hard work and not giving up on it. Uh, there were times I wanted to give up on it when I was hurt and uh, it had been two years and I was still limping. Um, and that was very tough and it would have been an easier choice to give up. But I think uh, that doesn't mean you should because if you know that this is what you want to do and you love it, it is absolutely worth to go for it and continue to try. And I think that's, you're never going to regret trying when you know that this is something you want to do. You will regret giving up on it. Um, so I've always loved running. Uh, and I think I always will. Uh, and I think that's like the, the biggest thing for me. It's just that I love doing this. Uh, and regardless of how talented I would have been, I don't think I've, I would have continued to do it unless I loved it. So I think it's, it's important to, to keep that in mind. And also when you go through tough periods that it's still a privilege to be able to do it. Um, and with all those things, it's really just gets back to the mental aspect of it, that it's so important to, uh, I think, yeah, remind yourself of that, um, love for the sports that you have and how it's, uh, it's not supposed to be easy. Uh, it's not easy for anyone. Uh, so even yeah. when it is tough and you have bad races and bad workouts and everything, it's, it's a part of it. Uh, and you'll come out stronger on the other side. So uh, yeah, keep doing it. Man, so good. So good. Oh, I was just say that's stellar advice. That's <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ida, thank you so much for taking some time to sit down with us and just recap your national championship and just kind of tell us about where the journey started and where it's come. And I hope that somebody's listening and wants to sponsor you, whether it's North Dakota Department of Transportation, which I'm sure has yeah. a sweet uniform, or uh, <laughs> someone else. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on you for GRIAC in a couple of weeks if you hop in there. But otherwise, hopefully we'll have you back on sometime soon. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a great night. Thank you. Thanks again, Ida. Thanks. Bye.